Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2024. Welcome to episode 24. Today, we're going to be talking about three tips oh, and a couple of bonuses for running because I think a lot of people in Australia are really getting into running. It's become the craze from the 10Ks, the 5Ks, the half marathons, the full marathon, the ultra running. Everyone's getting into running. And Australia is the place to be if you want to get into running. We've got a lot of running events. So I'm going to help you out with how to get started if you are a brand new runner or a newbie. There's things to do before you absolutely lose your shit and hate running. So don't go too hard. We're going to focus on the basics and we're going to work our way up. That's all you need to know. Just the basics, three main tips, a couple of bonuses in there. It's going to really make you enjoy your running and not hate aerobic conditioning or cardio. Stick around for the show and enjoy. Twenty twenty four is here and I feel like it should be futuristic, but it's not. Should have flying cars and all the stuff you see on sci-fi movies, but Maybe we're going in a different direction. But before I get into 2024 New Year's resolutions and where I'm heading with my life, I want to talk about running and getting into running. So I've signed up to a 56K ultramarathon trail run. And it's probably something that I wanted to do for a while. No, not probably a trail run. It's probably something that I wanted to try. But in Jan, I wanted to do something crazy. And I was looking at the 28K one, and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Might as well do the whole ultra marathon, the whole shebang, the trail run. And for me, it's not about finishing it with a crazy time. It's all about me just crossing the line. And you obviously build to that point of getting from a 5K to a 10K to a half marathon to a marathon. And if you feel like you're ready to go, you can go to an ultra and then push yourself to your limits. And it is endurance for a reason. You have to endure. You might endure the lactic acid threshold. You might endure the the brain fog and the head noise. There's so many things that, that happen once you reach a specific limit in your running. But before you get to that, let's talk about what can you do and what are the, the three things that I think are the most important things if you really want to get into running. Now, running can be uh, a, a beast that most people don't like to tame, but it's not because they, they don't like to tame. I think the beast that they end up taming is a beast they're not ready for yet, which means they go way too hard, way too soon, and they gas themselves and they're done for a week or for two weeks. They can't you know, get up properly. They, they, their legs are jelly. They're struggling to sit in the toilet, go to work. Everything is just painful. If you have that experience with running, you're more or less never going to run again. And if I think about back in the day, back in my day, when I was in high school and primary school, when we did cross country, you never were really taught how to run. And it's no offense to the teachers. Most PE teachers don't learn about running, running technique, building up an aerobic base conditioning and what they need to do. We all did the fucking beep test where it was just like run till you're fully gassed. And if you make it past whatever, 14, 15, then you're super fit. But it, it, it's not a way to 
increase anyone's aerobic capacity. It's just the way of seeing someone's aerobic capacity. And most kids hated it. And even I love PE, but I hated the beep test. And I did long distance running in school and I was always gassed because you're trying to finish whatever it is, a cross country race, which is maybe five, eight, 10 Ks. I have, I can't remember how long it was. And by the time you finish it, you're absolutely gassed. Your legs are tired. There's so much lactic acid built up that you're fatigued. And this is for someone who's a teenager or, or, a, or a primary school kid. Imagine being 30, you haven't ran since your, your early teens, late teens. And then you're like, you know what? I want to get into running. I want to run 5Ks. You run 5Ks, balls to, balls to the wall. You finish it and you feel like someone's just ripped out your heart from your ass. You're going to hate running. And the only reason you're going to hate running is because you don't really know how to work your way up to running or how to slowly get into running. It's like me coming to the gym and trying to lift 200 kilos for a deadlift. If I hasn't, haven't done a deadlift before, I might really injure myself or you know really fatigue myself and create large, excessive doms. Or if I'm lifting a smaller weight, but I haven't been to the gym in a long time, regardless of what you do, you're going to get doms. So my tips for you, if you're getting into running, we'll start with the first one. It's start small. When you first want to get into running, you don't have to bang out a 5K or a 10K. You're probably not ready for that. And you probably won't be ready for a little bit of time. And you should be fine with that. That's normal. The thing about endurance and building up Ks, it takes takes time. It's the same as coming into the gym and trying to build up strength. It takes time. What you should do is when you start small, go for a 1K run. See how you feel. If you feel like you're you're fit enough, go for a two, maybe even the three. I probably wouldn't recommend going past the three unless you probably have some experience in playing a sport or you're currently playing a sport, you're in off-season or you've done a little bit of dabbling in the, on, on the cardio machines here and there. I'd probably say maybe push it to 5Ks max. I wouldn't go any more than that. But my opinion, if you're starting out, anywhere between one to 3Ks max is more than enough. Also depends on your weight. It depends on how puffed you feel. 500 meters might be enough. 1K might be enough. If you don't want to look at distance, you can think about time. If you don't want to do 1 to 3Ks, you can think, I'm going to go for a 10, 20-minute run. So 10 minutes, 20 minutes. You can go 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It's up to you. The important things about these runs when you start small, it leads me on to number two is you have to go slow. Now, what I've realized with running and during COVID, during ISO, I got really, really into running. I was doing a few challenges. I even did the David Goggins 4x4x4, 4x4x48 challenge, which I ended up doing 84Ks over 48 hours. So I ran 7Ks every four hours for 48 hours. And at that point, I was probably about 85, 86 kilos because gyms were closed. I obviously couldn't go to a gym and work out. So most of my training was running. And because of that, I was probably almost 10 kilos lighter than I am right now. And I was banging out those seven Ks in four and a half minute Ks. So I think by the time I finished my seven Ks, I completed them in about 32, 33 minutes each time. Now I worked my way up to that. 
And even that was a challenge. So I almost ran every single day during ISO and I worked my way up. So when you are going slow, and at that time I was getting fitter, but not that fast. My fitness was increasing slowly, but I was pumping the volume. As I got more into running and understanding how to build an aerobic engine, an aerobic capacity, I realized that all these marathon runners, these ultra marathon runners, all these elite level athletes, they follow the 80-20 rule, which means 80% of their running is in zone two. It's kind of like the slow long runs, the slow longer runs. And 20% of their running is either critical velocity running or lactic threshold running. And let's just talk about the the threshold running. You can do a, a tempo run, which is a run where you're pushing a little bit faster for a specific distance or time. So let's say you run faster for a minute and you jog slow for a minute. You run faster for a minute, you jog slow for a minute. Or you have your lactic threshold runs where you're looking to go faster for a smaller distance. And the the whole purpose of this is to actually build lactic acid in your body. The lactic acid is your your body is uh, bringing lactate to the muscles faster than the muscles can get rid of them. So once you increase your heart rate too much and your lactic acid builds up and your body can't get rid of it, you start to feel fatigue and you start to feel feel heavy. So you're going on a hard run. These runs should be 20% of your runs in a week. The other 80% should feel cruisy, cruisy, long runs. Now, when you're starting out, every one of these things you should start small. So if you have a long run and you haven't ran for a long time, your long run might be a 5K. That's a long run. If that takes you 30 minutes or more, in my opinion, anything that's 30 minutes or more would be a good zone two long run. And if you don't know what zone two is, what does zone two mean? Zone two means effectively being able to maintain a specific heart rate. Now, heart rate training is quite difficult unless you're you know, an elite level athlete and you really care about your heart rate, the way to know what your maximum zone two heart rate is, it's 180 minus your age. So 180 minus my age, you'll be 149. So 149 is my maximum zone two heart rate. Obviously, give or take five, five beats per minute, that's fine. If I go over that, then I'm probably exceeding my zone two heart rate and I'll slowly build up the lactic acid in my body and I'll start to feel fatigue. Now, how do we stay in zone two without fucking checking your watch every five seconds? Think about being able to breathe in and out through your nose the whole time. And think about the run being at an RPE like, I don't know, six, five or six, right? If you rate it at a 10, five or six. One is you're walking, 10 is you're fucking sprinting. A five or six is like, you can jog and have a conversation with the friend that's next to you without sounding like you're going to die. So if you can hold a conversation with a friend next to you, if you're by yourself, you, know, you can probably say a sentence and see if you feel puffed. But what I do is, unless you have some, you know, some people have obviously nasal issues, breathing out and in and out through their nose. If you have issues breathing out through your nose, then try the conversational pace or look at your, your heart rate. If you don't have issues breathing through your nose, then breathing in and out through your nose is probably the most ideal way to know if you're in zone two. 
And also, once you finish a run, you shouldn't feel gassed. Your legs shouldn't feel too heavy. You should feel probably just as good, if not better, than you started your run. Now, if you want to do zone two, you don't actually have to do a run. You can do zone two on a bike. You can do, do zone two on an inclined treadmill on a higher speed. You can do zone two on, on many things. You do zone two on a rower, ski erg, obviously a little bit, little bit harder. But if you don't want to do all your, your kilometers and training in the week on, you know, on your feet, you can do them a little bit on the bike, a little bit on the treadmill, a little bit on the road. It's up to you. Me, sometimes in my zone two stuff, if I'm doing 75 minutes or more, I might jump on the bike and go really slow, chuck on some Netflix or chuck on some, some podcasts and listen to that. Uh, and every now and then, I'll probably just jump on the road. It just depends what you want to do. So you don't need to do all your you know, aerobic endurance or building up your capacity just on the road. What is tip number three? So we've spoken about going small, starting small, small Ks of building up. And when you're doing the small Ks, you want to increase your volume probably by about 10% every week, give or take, maybe 5 to 10% to get used to it. If you're not increasing your volume, which is progressive overload, just the same as if you're training in the gym, you want to add more weight or at least another rep or more intensity, that's progressive overload. If you don't do that, then you're probably going to hit a wall eventually. So if you're you know, starting off by doing 20Ks in a week, divided by three runs, 10% increase will be an extra 2Ks the week after, so 22Ks. Again, give or take. If you want to do 5%, 10% is up to you. You might add an extra K or 2Ks. Up to you. See how you go. And we just spoke about going slow. So 80% of you running in zone two, 20% of you running in probably almost maximum heart rate. Today I did a 10K run. And I think I was, my average heart rate was 166, but I got into 188, 190 for probably the last 15 minutes. And I was sweating balls. And at, at that pace as well, it's, there is no chance in the world I'm breathing out through my nose. I was struggling to breathe out through my mouth. So I'm trying to breathe in twice through my nose and one big exhale through my mouth. I'd rather any day spend two hours on a bike, even three hours on a bike, than do a 10K fast run. But that's why that, that run is only 20% of your, your pretty much weekly accumulation of, of kilometers. The next one we want to talk about is tip number three is your nutrition. It's super, super important. If you are not – your body requires a lot of uh, glucose and, and glycogen – storage in your body when you're running, that's that's going to be your fast release energy. And that's going to come from carbs. If you are not eating enough or appropriately or enough to fuel yourself, these runs are going to feel fucking hard. Really, really hard. You're going to increase fatigue much faster. You're going to feel you know, a bit of brain fog. You're going to struggle to breathe. You're going to struggle to feel like you have energy if you're not eating enough. So what does eating enough look like? Or what, is it, what does it mean? In a run, especially in a zone two run, depending on how long you run for, you can burn anywhere between 500 to 1,800 calories. If you do a two-hour run, you can burn close to 2,000 calories. It's a lot of calories, which is close to someone's daily intake. If that is you and you know, your, your daily intake is 2,500 to 3,000 calories, on any given running day, 
I'd recommend minimum maintenance or give or take 20%. And you want to have more carbs than fats because that's where you're going to get the most of your energy from. And you still want to keep your your protein to 1.5, 2 grams per kilogram of body weight. Carbs-wise, I'm looking at hitting 300 to 400 grams a day of carbs. With my trail run coming up, I want a carb load for the whole week because it's going to be a race, which I want to finish in under seven hours. I've never done a race like that before. I'm not even calling it a race. I'm not fucking racing anyone. I'm just trying to make it over the finish line. But I've never done anything like that before. So I'm trying to really fuel properly for it and feel prepared as much as I can so my body is ready to go. And at the same time, I'm going to be carrying a lot of gels and caffeinated gels and non-caffeinated gels and sodium tablets. Because what happens is when you run a lot, your body will use up carbs, glucose, glycogen, sugars, whatever. But at the same time, you're going to be exerting a lot of sweat. Your, your heart rate is going to be elevated. Your body is going to try to cool itself down. You are going to sweat. And what happens is you're going to sweat. And we just assume that drinking water is going to replenish you. It's not because while you sweat, I don't know if it's going to sound weird, but you know, I don't know, maybe sometimes you've, you've kind of tasted your sweat. You've probably tasted it salty. It's because as you sweat, you are releasing not just sweat, but sodium, magnesium, potassium, all these electrolytes are, are leaving your body. So as you just drink water, you're not really replenishing anything. You're, you're not replenishing these electrolytes. You're just drinking water. So it's really important as well to you know, have some salt before a run or during a run or these gels uh, that have electrolytes or sugars to replenish your storage in your body so you don't cramp up, so you don't feel like shit, so you don't pretty much gas out and fatigue before you should. So eating enough is really important. Dialing into your nutrition is really important if you are starting to run long distances. If you're starting out, just have more carbs in your day. Have more salt in your in your food or have more salt in your water and just have more fruits. Increase your carbs. If you're going to have a meal of carbs, have a little bit more of a serving of carbs. But if you're starting to get serious about running, really dial into your nutrition, which is super important. Now some bonus tips. If you struggle to run by yourself, or if you want to run by yourself, you can listen to a podcast, uh, chuck a podcast on, check your favorite songs on. That can help you get through a run. Sometimes I listen to music, sometimes I don't. My last few runs, I've just gone completely free of music on my phone, just grab my key, put it in my back pocket, and just run. Sometimes I like to run and try to clear my mind and, and see what fucking demons are popping out and see how I can deal with my, my issues. Sometimes it's it's a meditation for me. But some people don't like that. So you can listen to music, listen to a podcast, whatever you like. Or what's really good is having a running partner. Right? If you've got a friend who's getting into running, it's going to make running so much easier because running can be daunting. Running can be quite hard, especially long runs. You know, running for 45 minutes or 30 minutes, 45 minutes of an hour, it's a long time. Or running for two hours for a halfer is a long time. If you've got a friend who's, you know, your training buddy, that can make your running so much easier and actually much more enjoyable. Another thing you can do is, which is really cool, and there's a lot of these things, is join a running club. There's so many running clubs. 
I'm sure if you Google running clubs in your area, there'll probably be one that's 5Ks, 10Ks away. And running clubs, they usually run you know once, twice a week, normally on the weekends. I know at Albert Park every week, they, they've got a running club where people just bang out you know, three to four laps. You can find running clubs everywhere. So if you want to be part of a community, sometimes gyms have a running club. I'm trying to create a running club with my clients, which will be like a once a month thing. And maybe I'll increase the uh, frequency of that. But for now, I'm just trying to get everyone on board to do once a month, start small and see if people begin to like it. But yeah, joining a community of of like-minded people, running club, is also going to make your running much more enjoyable. Don't think about it too much. Don't try to gas yourself. Don't try to go too hard. Be a beginner and slowly work your way up. Let your body be exposed to these distances. Let your let your muscles also understand. That there's going to be obviously some shock absorption to you know your, your joints as well. So get used to like banging on the concrete and start small, go slow and make sure you eat. They're the basic things. And once you want to go more advanced, you know, send me a message, send me a DM and there's plenty of stuff of YouTube as well. There's, there's so many things you can do. But for now, if you're getting into it, take your time, understand it's going to take you know quite a lot, not a long time, but it's going to take accumulation of, of kilometers in your legs to get used to it. So your ticker, your heart can, can really start to, slow down its heart rate at, at a high intensity and get used to that. Get into that zone two, get used to the longer runs, nice and slow, and that's going to build your engine. That's going to build your engine much more than the the fast runs. The fast runs are going to get your body used to the lactic acid and feeling fatigued, but everything else, the zone two stuff, that is the most important stuff. But if you really want to get the best bang for your buck, 80-20, 80% zone two, 20% fucking balls to all hard either tempo runs or lactic threshold runs. I mean, all the best on your running. You're going to fucking smash it. Bobby, the last tip is please invest in some good running gear. I bought ASICS shoes from DFO Southwolf ages ago. They're off like 280 down to like 200 bucks. I got, I'm normally a size 11 in running shoes or shoes in general. And I bought those and I realized over time that I just thought that was a bit tight. As you progressively run, your feet expand in the shoe. And once I started hitting four or five plus Ks, my toe, my big toe was banging on the end of the shoe. Until I went to a running shop in my area and I just tried on Sarconis. I love me Sarconis. I got Endorphin Speed 3s. And I went on Amazon and I picked up myself some Endorphin Speed 2s some yellow endorphin speed. I freaking love these shoes. Once you get running shoes, you're like, fuck, you notice a huge difference. Running shoes, proper running shoes, as opposed to like the casual running shoes, huge difference. And the guy who sold me the shoes said, if I was you, I would go upper size. And I said, oh, I really want to wear size 12s. And he told me, it's not that the size is too big. Right now, you might feel a little bit of a gap and you want a thumbs gap between your big toe and the top of the top of the shoe. But as you run, your foot expands via heat. It, it heats up. There's a lot of pressure on your feet and it expands in the heat. So at first, you might feel like there's a bit of space, but as you continue to run, your foot will expand and it'll actually start to splay out properly on the shoe. So if you're going to get some gear, get some good running shoes. Uh, if I was you, go to a running shop, you know, Athlete's Foot or what's the other one? Fucking, I don't know. Wherever they can test your feet, right? Get your feet tested sometimes people are supinated pronated 
flat-footed, it just, just depends. Find what shoe works best for you. More or less, you're probably going to get a size up. And then get some nice gear. Get some uh, a, a nice running shirt, some nice running shorts. Get some skins. Because the last thing you want to do is chafe. I fucking hate chafing. Get some good gear. Get some running gear because it makes a world of difference. Yes, you'll probably invest in it. But it's an investment for a reason. They're, they're good. Uh, they're, it's good gear, good running shoes, good equipment for your runs. And you're going to feel like a million bucks. And I think today I, I bought some trail run shoes and uh, a vest, which all up was going to be 500 bucks. I talked it down a little bit. I told the guy, you know what? I found it online for this price. Got down to 400. So look, for me, yes, it's expensive, but it's an investment. And if that's going to help me with my run and I'm not going to be cramping and I'm not going to be fucking struggling, I'm going to do that. End of the day, equipment is really important. The gear is important. And if you're going to invest, invest wisely into the things that you want to do. So good luck on your running journey. 